0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me Lord, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro Life Podcast. In this episode, we're gonna ask and answer Lord. the question, hopefully, send do unborn children go to heaven? This is an important theological question, me so stay tuned. Me Lord. I felt your past, touched your heart.
1: Getting to go to heaven okay. in in the scripture, and I think we can kind of build a case yeah. for that. That that I think is both of our our feelings as we have delved through the scripture. So um, you know, and I, I I I took some notes here, um, and and there are some verses that I think are good uh, premise verses. Yeah, for us to to look at, and one of those is uh, Genesis eighteen twenty five. Okay, um, and. I have the end of that verse. I don't think this is the full verse, but um, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly. Yeah. So speaking about God. And the reason that that's such an important verse, I think, in this subject is because um, this subject really does go to the character of God. Yeah. Would a just, righteous God condemn an infant or an unborn baby to hell.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's the understanding that that people need to have. Um, I've had conversations with people Mm -hmm. and I've seen Facebook postings from people that, you know, I'm like, what in the world's going on here? You know, people say that, you know, I've heard people say that we need to be at the abortion clinics because unborn babies go to hell. And part of our intervention there is not just saving the lives of unborn children, Mm-hmm. But also saving them from from hell, mm-hmm. and that really rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, yeah. what in the world? Like that that doesn't seem to be biblical. It doesn't seem to to accurate, accurately convey the character of God as mm-hmm. I see it in the Scripture, mm-hmm. and uh, and and it just offends my my sensitivities. But mm-hmm. again, I don't want to be just driven emotionally. You know, like right. you know, you're making God look bad. Right. <laughs> I want to be driven right. by. What, what the is? truth is, what actually is is true about what God's Word says. Right, right. Um, you know, another thing, and we've dealt with this, and I, I forget exactly what podcast, mm-hmm. well, we, we, early on, I believe. We talked about some of the pro-choice arguments and that sort of thing, and we mentioned this subject, and we've heard it from pro-choice people. If all of these babies are going to heaven, mm-hmm. then why in the world are you guys trying to stop them from being aborted because this is just a fast way to get them to heaven right
1: you're kind of showing the (coughs) flip side of of this argument on one hand it 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 is this incredible weighty discouraging depressing thought that we are watching 30 to 40 souls condemned yeah. every day if this is true that they don't go to heaven yeah. that that they're going to hell uh, you know then i i can't imagine not just weeping on the sidewalk every day and i don't know how i could be there and then on the other hand those that are saying eh, it's no big deal the babies yeah. are all going to heaven anyway yeah. why why don't you just go home and, and yeah. drink coffee and and have uh
0: bonbons yeah well, know i know that? i know one one guy <clears throat> had put on facebook and one thread that i was watching you know if if all unborn babies go to heaven, then I mean, we shouldn't even be out there because, right. after all, it's this could be the biggest evangelical revival in the history of humanity because we've murdered 65 million of them. Mm-hmm. We've sent 65 million of them directly, straight, to heaven. Direct, <laughs> exactly. directly to heaven. And I'm like, okay, this is just a twisted way to look at it, really. And it's, I think, an unbiblical way, and we'll get into the, some, the scriptures. Right. But we also need to have in our mind, because I know that there are folks that will flippantly say, mm-hmm. and I've heard this, that, you know, we have no reason to believe these unborn babies are going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And but understand what you're saying there. Now understand when we're talking about the judgment of God mm-hmm. and we're talking about people going to hell, you know, there's this notion, you know, God doesn't send anyone to hell, we send ourselves to hell. <clears throat> I understand what they're saying, right? We make decisions to reject the gospel, to sin. Our sin is what leads us to, to the judgment of God. But understand, folks, when you're talking About the idea that God puts any that anyone goes to hell, that God is the one putting them there. Mm -hmm. God puts people in hell. Mm -hmm. It's like before we started the podcast, I mentioned it's it's kind of like a a a jailer, a police officer puts someone into jail, right, Mm -hmm. because they've committed a crime. Okay? They right. don't put themselves in jail. Right. The police officer actually has to get them and put them in jail. Right? Biblically speaking, it is God himself who flings people into hell, mm-hmm. into the fires of hell. So if yeah. you are making an argument, and I'm not just appealing on emotion. I am sort of, mm-hmm. but I'm just talking biblically here as far as who puts who where. Um, if you're going to make an argument that God, that, that unborn babies go to hell, understand you're saying that God puts unborn children and puts infants in hell. Right. It's not just them going there by default, as far as, I mean, right. of course, we believe that people by default are sinful. Right, right. But God's putting them there.
1: Yeah. And so, <laughs> as think, the just
0: judge of all the earth.
1: Exactly. And so, thinking about that, I have often heard, as I'm sure you have, well, a just God would never put someone in hell to suffer for all eternity. Yeah. This is different. <clears throat> This is different as you're looking at the character of God, and it's different based on what conclusion we come to, really regarding are these babies innocent? Okay. Are they sinners? What are they? Right. And that's that's I think really important, Um, and that's kind of leads to the second um, premise. Scripture okay. that I wanted to bring up. So the and first
0: one was that with God speaking to Abraham, shall God. not the Judge of all the earth do right? Okay. Yeah, and right. That,
1: that his character is He will do right. Okay, He will. We can trust He will judge justly. He will judge rightly. Yeah. I think He will always do what is right. Is what one comment. Yeah, I mean, I'll said. say
0: just simply put, scripturally, God cannot do that which is against His nature. Okay, you know, yeah. and so God's nature, you know, God is not a man that He should lie. It's not that God doesn't want to lie. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't want to put human terminology on God in this sense, but for lack of a better term, it's not within God's capacity to lie. Right. Like, he can't, not that he doesn't want to. Yeah. He just can't. Right. Because he is truth itself. Right.
1: Completely and against And in the same Jesus way, nature. he
0: cannot do that which is unjust. Correct. He, it's just not within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Because he is the just God.
1: Right. So um, in terms of our infants (coughs) innocent, and I'm not going to answer that question yet. I hope that by the end... That's an important question It is very important, and I think that by the end, I think we'll have a better understanding after we've gone through the Scripture, hopefully. Now,
0: just just this little caveat I think we need to put out there is that we are not the... intellectual theologians right. that we might put ourselves out to be. Right. <laughs> the, right. uh, hi, we are not, I mean, I'm sure many of you think we're like top of the rung theologians. We're not. <laughs>
1: oh, you think <laughs> we, some people think that? That's No, great. they probably <laughs> don't, <laughs>
0: actually. Hopefully they don't. Uh, but we do try to think these things through biblically and talking through biblically, yeah. biblically. And if nothing else, guys, this is encouraging you to get into the scriptures, exactly. to see what the Bible says about this. And if we're wrong about the conclusions that we're drawing, or at least the conclusions that we're trying to point you to, then let us know we're wrong. You know, yep. I'll put my email address out there mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I'm on Facebook. You're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And shoot me an email and say, hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that? Right. So at the end of right. this thing, we're not claiming to have it all figured out. Yeah. But I do think that we have some stuff figured out that yeah. will be helpful.
1: It's an honest <coughs> examination of yeah. scripture. I yeah. think we are doing an honest and and God um doesn't just put scripture out for the high and mighty and the people at the top of the IQ level, right? He put scripture out to guide all of us. So um the second scripture is Romans 323, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. All have sinned. Okay. It doesn't say all people over a certain age it doesn't even say all born people it says all All have have sinned sinned and 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 fall short of the glory of God. God so I think that you know that's an important thing to consider as as we're thinking about this issue of of um well all have sinned. Well, what does that mean? And the Bible, I think, maybe, Daniel, you could talk about um, this is certainly in more depth than I could, but Scripture is pretty clear that we are all marked by, I guess, bib- or original sin yeah. would be. You may have a better term than that. but I don't
0: really have a better term for that. Okay. I mean, that's been the, the term that the church has used, I believe, since the very beginnings of, of these arguments in church history. And mm-hmm. um, and not just the Catholic Church, but you know the Evangelical Church, the you know uh, Reformed Church has used the term original sin. Yeah, and just and in, it's not a biblical term; like right. you don't see it in the Bible in the pages mm-hmm. of the Bible. Original sin. Mm-hmm. I think the concept that's been put forth thinks you know a biblical concept that sure. all
1: had sinned through the first <clears throat> a, the first Adam. Yeah,
0: well, I think here's here's where the question lies. Mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. and we'll get in some of these scriptures that you know that, that sort of. I guess, corroborate what I'm saying here, is that there's this concept for some folks that original sin implies original guilt. Mm -hmm. Like, all sinned in Adam. The Bible says that, all sinned in Adam. Right. Does that mean, though, all are guilty of Adam's sin? Mm -hmm. Okay. That would be the first question. Mm -hmm. Because the way I see it as I dig into the scriptures, and there are certain scriptures that I think are very explicit and very plain about how guilt is incurred, Mm -hmm. is that, Yes, we are all tainted with sin. We all have the propensity for sin. I've explained it before like a an inescapable inescapable genetic defect. We all have that bend towards sin given uh, over to ourselves without the intervention of God. We will all go into sin. We will all remain in sin. Mm-hmm. You cannot rescue yourself from your sin. And it's and know? it's
1: from early on, and I want to just interrupt for a second to bring that out in Psalm 51.5. The Bible reveals we are brought forth in iniquity. So we bear whatever that is, that stain of original sin, from the moment of our conception. Okay? Okay. So... um So going from there then, what is our basis for claiming that babies who die in infancy Go to heaven. Yeah. They are saved. Well, I mean, we, have, we haven't yet
0: claimed that. Right. Well, we haven't given our position. We haven't given our, so, but... Um, but I'll just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Okay. That is my position. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unborn children and yeah. infants yeah. do go to heaven. So... Um, that's at least my belief.
1: Okay, so let's go to a verse okay. to try and, like, support now where we're kind of going with All this. Right. So um, 2 Corinthians 5... Ten. Okay. Okay, and, um, and you, you want to turn to that? Yeah, yeah, that would be good, because there's a couple of um, phrases from that verse that, that I think are, are really important.
0: Okay, 2 Corinthians 5.10. 2
1: Corinthians 5.10. Uh,
0: yet I certainly did not mean that with the sexually immoral people, is that the right one, of this world? Well,
1: judged, um, it, it go to the part, the Bible teaches that we are judged on the basis of our deeds committed in the body. Is that in that one? Did I give you the wrong verse? Yeah, I think you gave me the wrong oh, verse. Oh, drat. But, okay. But we'll
0: forgive you because you're tainted with original <laughs> sin, and we'll get the correct verse.
1: Okay. We'll get the correct verse, but the... the okay. Second
0: f- Corinthians 5.10. So you, not First Corinthians, but Second
1: Corinthians. I'm sorry. I gave you the wrong yeah. number.
0: Well, we'll forgive oh, you for that. Okay. All right. Okay. So it says, uh, for we must all appear... And see, listen, I should have known that that's the scripture you're going okay, to do. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Have, but, yeah. We'll, we'll blame fault. Daniel yeah, instead. I'll take the blame. <laughs> Um, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, mm-hmm. that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that first part of the phrase.
0: And let, eat... let me keep going, though, because Go I think, oh, this, okay. I think the next verse okay. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. So this God that we serve is a terrible God in some sense. You know, there's terror to be had. So and there is judgment. It, so no and one's, we're knowing it. Yeah, yeah. That's important, too. Okay. Knowing, okay. therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So this is, of course, us as Christians wanting mm-hmm. to persuade people to turn away from the terror of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord. Um, but we are well known to God and also trust that we are well known in your consciences. So anyway, just okay, the good. terror of the Lord part there. Okay. Because no <laughs> one is saying, at least from our part— um, that there isn't a judgment of God. There is certainly judgment of God for sin. The question is: yeah. Is does the judgment of God abide on unborn children and infants? Right.
1: Okay. So let's kind of parse that verse. It okay. says, um, "We were we are to be judged on the basis of our deeds committed in the body." Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we're not judged by on the basis of original sin but for our sins committed in the body during our lifetimes. Okay. Okay. So, and that, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there any um, point in Scripture where we are said to be judged based on original sin, on the stain of sin, as opposed to the act of sin? Yeah.
0: You know, it says in 1 John, I believe it's chapter 3, Mm-hmm. It it seems to be, I think, I don't know if anyone would argue with this, but all through the scriptures, this idea that we're judged for our sin. Like, people don't go to hell because there's this false concept that people go to hell because they don't accept Jesus. Mm -hmm. People don't go to hell because they don't accept Jesus. People go to hell because they are sinners who sin. They violated God's law, and therefore they deserve the judgment of God. Jesus' blood is propitiation for that sin. So it's not that you don't, it's like, well, people go to jail because they don't believe the judge. No, that's not true. They go to jail because they've committed a crime. So there's that right. that premise there. Right. Yeah. But the scripture in, in that I was referred to in first John chapter three, it says sin is lawlessness. Mm-hmm. So sin is actually a translation could be sin is a violation of the law. Right. So it's a volitional thing mm-hmm. as far as the sins, like this talk about here, sins committed in the body. It's a decision that you make to do a thing that you know is wrong, because we all have a conscience, right. no right from wrong. Mm-hmm. So when we sin, when we lie, when we cheat, when we steal, uh, kill someone, you're doing it. You know, some said, actually Ray Comfort uses this. He says, you know, you do it against your conscience, Conscience, you break the word down, with, con is with, science is knowledge. You mm-hmm. do it with knowledge, mm-hmm. and you violate your conscience, that it's wrong. Right. So people don't sin unless they know that it's wrong.
1: Right, right, which brings up all kinds of points. But yeah. But first of all, um, so it's an act
0: okay. of yep. the
1: body um, that is against God's law. Yeah. Do infants do that? And. I, I would be hard-pressed to say infants do that. I, I don't think they do. No, I don't think no. they can. Um, so um, that that's the main point. We're going to get to the second point I'm going to make a little bit later in more detail. But um, not only Do I they don't, they just don't. They're especially an unborn infant. Yeah. What sin can you commit in in the kicking your mother
0: from the inside (laughs) out?
1: (laughs) Really. Um but the the second part of that is that it has to be like you said, with knowledge, Mm -hmm. does an infant have the moral discernment, the to choose, yeah, because it's a choice. Sin is well, I'm a not choice. Saying, yeah, in, in agreement. Right, but you're I'm, saying you're <laughs> I'm just in, in right, right. Vocally. Does an infant have the ability, even the the moral, the cognitive ability, to make a choice, either for sin or for good? So keep that kind of in the back of your mind, mm-hmm. folks. But you know, we'll we'll kind of get back to that right. later. But there's a really interesting text that I was found it in, in
0: here, here again. Here's the thing that we can't. We can't fall prey to our emotions in this mm-hmm. either way, right? Right. You right. know this this idea that you know kids are, are absolutely innocent and they've done nothing wrong because after all they're cute, yeah. you know, right. And, right? and so they they can't have done anything yeah. wrong. And of course yeah. the other you know, side of the coin is we've all sinned and the infants are wicked and adults are wicked and whatever. Okay, let's stop and let's see what saith the scripture. What does the Bible say about the innocence of? infants of children i mean yeah. we 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 have a little bit uh-huh. i think in the scriptures about unborn children in the womb we have right. we have enough information in the scripture to say that there's valuable as born children correct you know we have the yeah. luke passage that refers to an unborn child just as much as you know the same terminology as a born child so we have that um but as we're looking through the scriptures and we see what what say the scripture about this again we can't be driven by emotion you have to look at what the scripture says and and you know, let's just dig in some. Well, of
1: those. and so some of the scriptures, and and I was going to go to um, a, a little story in in the Bible that I think is really really interesting. But uh, you brought up our children innocent, right? To talk about innocence, that yeah. term is 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 important. And so I did a, a word uh, search of um, in the Bible of of. Innocent children, I think, was what I put in, in the search. And I came up with many, many scriptures. So I'll just read them to you, and maybe you can talk about them a little. Okay. In, in Proverbs six sixteen to 17, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. So the word innocent is used. Now, we talked about this a little. Is that necessarily children?
0: Yeah, that I mean, it, not, not always, right, I, I wouldn't right. say. right
1: right it could be so innocent blood it, it's that innocent is applied as a term to someone who has not committed the um uh the act which someone has harmed them for committing yeah. Yeah, right they're be, innocent yeah. of what whatever yeah, that I is yeah i don't know if it's
0: in every instance i think there are some instances where innocent the word innocent is implying to someone who's who's morally not tainted Correct. Right, Mm -hmm. by volitional decisions. Mm -hmm. But I think it could be a broader term just means that person's, you know, they're innocent. They didn't, they, why'd you hurt that innocent person? Right. You know.
1: Okay. So in Job 2230, there's a verse, he delivers even the one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. When he says he delivers, and that's God, delivers even the one who is not innocent, Use it because he uses the word even. We know that then, presumably, there are those who are innocent.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So there, there, there are innocent is used to describe someone. Yeah. At times in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. Here's one um, that is very important <laughs> in terms of um, uh, those who say that um, because Adam sinned. The baby, therefore, or the unborn, have sinned because of the stain of original sin. Yeah. Ezekiel 18.20. The soul who sins shall die. Yeah. Okay? The son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer for the iniquity of the son. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, that scripture there is explicitly talking about this idea of guilt, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. basically you could read that passage and say the son is not guilty because of the father's crime and the father is not guilty because of the son's crime. Right. Each one, the soul that sins, it's guilty. You know, it shall die. It shall suffer consequences. Yeah.
1: So is the baby guilty before the baby has... Any opportunity or knowledge to be able to commit sin in the body.
0: Yeah, and and I I, I just cannot see that biblically right. that a baby, an unborn child, is uh, is guilty of of sin.
1: Right, um, and and yeah, and of course I'm we're on the same page on this. Um, okay, um, Jesus certainly speaks about children. Yeah, in a very unique and really different and loving way than he speaks of any other age group, yeah. children, babies, and infants. Absolutely. Um, in Matthew 18.10, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And I, I know we talked about this a little, you said yeah, it's kind it of a, like... a, a difficult verse.
0: Yeah, um, you know, not not in the sense that Jesus is, is looking at little children as differently it's different than adults, but this whole idea of their angels, ah, you know what, I don't get that. You know? But
1: but it, it it's that don't despise these yeah, little ones. He doesn't absolutely. say don't despise the adults. Right, yeah. He says don't despise the little ones and then gives the reason why. Mm-hmm. He's treating little ones differently. Little yeah. ones are different, mm-hmm. unique and for, for whatever reason. Here's one that I, I, I really like. First Corinthians fourteen twenty. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Yeah, why does he tell us to be infants in evil? That if, makes if no, infants are evil, <laughs> yeah, if infants kinda, are evil. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, this
0: is this is one of these instances. Something I was going to say earlier mm-hmm. is that you know, we have to let the scripture define terms for us, we have to let the scripture give us explanations. We can't take you know, whatever system of theology that we hold to or Mm -hmm. system of soteriology that we hold to and interpose it or impose it on the scripture, that is, Um, we have to see what the Bible actually says. So some people can take this concept of original sin that they've been taught and that they understand, and in order for their theological framework or whatever to work, then this definition of original sin has to be the case, i.e. that children in the womb are guilty of Adam's sin. Mm-hmm. But is that really what the scripture teaches? Like we can't let, you know, whatever ideas we might have, whatever system we might hold to and and try to stay consistent with that system and throw out the plain teaching of scripture. And I think as we continue to go on through, we'll see the plain teaching of scripture is that infants are viewed differently than adults right. are. We're, Children it, are yeah. viewed differently than adults are. By the Father, by Jesus, <laughs> by the Holy Spirit, as spelled right. out in his word. right. Um, right. so yeah, let's continue on with that.
1: Okay, so um, Luke 18:15 to 17, this is um, when they're bringing the children to Jesus. Yeah, now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them, and when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, "Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belong." the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Yeah. So again, children are special. Jesus wants the children to come to him. The children want to come to him. And, um, And he's even saying, for to such belong the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah. That's pretty and that's, strong. Uh, that's Luke eighteen. Luke
1: eighteen, fifteen to seventeen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: before we mentioned Matthew ten. What's that Matthew? Uh, Matthew right, 10? the
1: Matthew eighteen ten. Or Matthew eighteen. Well, yeah. see that you do not despise one of those. Before that, ones. And
0: I don't know if you have that on the list of scriptures that you have. But this is another important scripture okay. in Matthew eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In verse three, mm-hmm. it says, "Surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of yeah, heaven." Yeah, that's pretty so, strong, isn't it? So it's like this. This requirement to even enter in the kingdom of heaven, and so you have to be converted and become as little children. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, this is a study for you guys that are listening, find out what that means. What does it mean to become like a, a little child? Yeah. <laughs> in the yeah. Bible, I think, tells tells us, you know, innocence, it talks of innocence. Innocence, yeah. You know, because not being are, uh, full of guile and deceit, you know. Now, here's, here's something we have to understand, because we all will think, well, my kids are full of guile. And deceit. yeah, they learned that. <laughs> they yeah. certainly do, and they probably learned it from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they probably sadly. learned it from me. Sadly, yes. sadly, <laughs> and and from the world. Um, and they certainly do have that propensity. Like we said, mm-hmm. like I certainly believe in the doctrine of original sin, the stain of sin, the mm-hmm. the flesh that we all have, that we all you know have to fight. Only by the grace and the power of God can mm-hmm. we win that battle. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, it's a propensity. It's like this genetic defect that we all have that's inescapable except for the intervention of God right. through the power of the Holy Spirit and the proclamation of the gospel.
1: Right, right. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty five. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yeah. Again, uh, little children are special, are different, and, um, uh, and have knowledge, Have knowledge of of God that that we adults apparently don't have or need. Or and I think it is that simple, innocent
0: faith. Well one of the things it speaks to, and I believe in that passage in Matthew chapter eighteen, there may be another New Testament cross reference there. Mm -hmm. But Jesus says, unless you humble yourself. Mm-hmm. And become as little children. Mm-hmm. You cannot see the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah, I and, do and have so, that here. Yeah, what's yeah, what's what, what scripture it's is? A, that?
1: So that is Matthew eighteen two to six. Whoever okay. humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck. Yeah,
0: and so. This this definition or this idea of of childlike faith or mm-hmm. uh, childlike innocence mm-hmm. really has to do with that word humility. Mm. And if you think about the way that children are, mm-hmm. and this is one of the main points: the way that children are is they're they're dependent. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a freebie here. It's not really focused on this subject per se, but it will help us all to understand that a child is dependent upon its parents. Right and. We're dependent upon the Lord. We must humble ourselves and become as little children in in innocence, like Paul says in in that Romans passage. Become innocent as you know in in that sense, but also humble. That we need God. We yeah. need His totally His dependent. Empowering. We're totally on dependent on Him.
1: And and why would why would God keep referring over and over and over again? We must become like little children, unless there was something about little children. That was pleasing to God, and sin is not pleasing to God. Right, yeah,
0: we know
1: that for sure. So um, this is another one where I think the word innocent is pretty directly applied to children. Okay. Jeremiah nineteen four to 5 Because the people have forsaken me and have profaned this place by making offerings in it to other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers nor the king of Judah have known— and because they have filled this place with the blood of innocence yeah. and built the high places of Baal to burn their sons in the fire as burnt offerings to Baal, which I did not command or decree, nor did it come to mind. Yeah. So the burning of their sons, those innocent children, was um, just—God hadn't even—it was so was hideous. so abhorrent, yeah. <laughs> he had not even—never would he have brought yeah. that to his mind, but it was something that— um, human beings yeah. came up with
0: yeah, and of so, course, the, what's uh, explicit there is that of course, killing your sons and daughters and offering them to this false god was wicked in the in the sight of yeah. the Lord. But also yeah. that these children were innocent. Right. He he points that out in this passage. You have, um, you have filled this place with the blood of the innocence of innocence. Right. Right. Innocent children. Children. Yeah.
1: So I I think you can make a very strong case that um uh well not very strong maybe but a strong case that um certainly that children are different, that Jesus perceives them differently, that they are always equated with um with innocence yeah. and even called innocent yeah. at time. Um so here's this interesting passage. Okay um, uh there's this is um going through the biblical story of the Israelites wandering through the wilderness mm-hmm. for 40 years and as as you know if you know that story they they grumbled they sinned yeah. during that's
0: so much in that passage or in that whole season of of God's dealing with humanity right. and especially in Israel that has I mean, it's allegory. It really happened, but it's allegory for the spiritual walk and the spiritual life and, yeah, and salvation. Yeah, and
1: I, I think that is so critical. Yeah. So can you point that out? Spe- yeah. Speak a little bit about that, because that so, will get So, I mean, into... even
0: just the deliverance from Egypt, you know, what does yeah. Egypt symbolize sin and the world. You know, Egypt at that time was quite possibly, I think, pretty, pretty plainly seen in history at that time, was the most powerful nation mm-hmm. on the face of the planet. Yeah. And... You know, so it symbolizes the world, the world system. And, of course, we were all in sin and wrapped up in the world system. Well, what does Moses do? He comes and, and tells the world system, let my people go, you know, and comes and, and delivers his people. Mm-hmm. And even the Bible tells us that the passing through the Red Sea was almost like a symbol of baptism for mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it tells us that these things that happen, happened, happened as, as example to us. I'll, <laughs> I'll read that real quick.
1: Okay, that's a good um, one.
0: And it says, uh, and it's talking about um, Christ being the rock in the wilderness and the children of, of Israel drinking from the rock. It says, moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed under the sea. Talking mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm. the Red Sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So there's mm-hmm. that, Even uses yeah. the
1: word baptized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, and all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. So... This is a symbol, this rock that, you know, Moses, this rock opened up, and they drank from it. He's telling us that symboled Christ. That was symbolic of Christ. Some might even make make the argument that that was Christ following them around in the wilderness, uh, we won't go there, but he say, But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now all these things, this is the verse I was really wanting to point out, verse 6 of First Corinthians chapter 10. Now all these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after the evil things, as they also lusted. So these things are our examples. So even though they really happen, there's just a lot of spiritual depth and allegory to that even in entering into the promised land and crossing yeah. the jordan yeah. we have songs that we talk about crossing the jordan yeah. entering the promised land this wondrous relationship with God. Wandering in the wilderness is Mm -hmm. is a picture. A lot of Christians are wandering in the wilderness. They've Mm -hmm. been delivered from Egypt, but they're wandering in the wilderness. They're grumbling and they're complaining, Mm -hmm. and they won't reach fully what God wants them to reach. They won't reach the promised land. And so anyway, there's a lot there. There's a lot I could dig Mm -hmm. out, and and we can't go there maybe for another time. But it sort of sets it up for what what you're going to share here. Yeah,
1: which is so interesting. In Deuteronomy (laughs) 135, It says, uh, God is saying now, not one of these men, this evil generation. They're on the cusp, by by the way, of entering the promised land when God speaks to them. Not one of these men, this evil generation, shall see the good land, which I swore to give to your fathers. So they've wandered 40 years. They have sinned. And now they are not to enter God's promised land. But... And this is the really interesting part. In Deuteronomy 139, it says, Moreover, your little ones, who you said would become prey, and your sons, who this day have no knowledge of good and evil, shall enter there, and I will give it to them, and they shall possess it. Yeah. So look at this. God exempts children and infants from um. That punishment, yeah, from,
0: from not, entering, from not the land, yeah. entering
1: his presence, yeah. the promised land. They are exempted, and why? Well, he tells. Oh, yeah, us, I mean that's he a good question. Tells why us that? why, and God never tells us why. <laughs> well, he he, well, he does sometimes. It's rare.
0: <laughs> it he, is. he does it not is.
1: tell. He often tells us how mm-hmm. and who, but he doesn't often tell us why. But he does here. He says, "Who <clears throat> this day have no knowledge." of good and evil. Yeah. So they sh- they can't make a decision. They weren't able to grumble and sin like their elders. Yeah. They didn't ha- they had not reached an age of moral reckoning of moral reasoning yet. And therefore basically he gives them a pass. Yeah. He extends grace. I've heard people say, "Well, the blood of Jesus is required for all to enter heaven." Jesus does say, "I am the, the way, the truth yeah, and the life." Well, how do we enter to heaven? It's through his grace. Yeah. And through his mercy. And he appears and to through the ex- blood of Christ. And yeah. through the blood of Christ, and he appears to have extended that atoning blood, mm-hmm. his his grace and his mercy to these children. Or they wouldn't be entering the promised land yeah, either. Absolutely. And it's clearly only the children. The yeah. children and the infants. And then um Caleb and uh who were the two and, and Caleb and and, 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 and Joshua, Joshua. Yeah. Um who were the only um the only adults that I you know didn't grumble <laughs> who yeah. had a different spirit. Who had, yeah, who they had, had a different, a different spirit. spirit within them, the Bible says. Um so this also then kind of segues into um a really important point in thinking about, do babies go to heaven? And we've been mentioning it, but do they have the—are um, uh, they accountable Right for— um, for sin. Yeah. Do, can they be accountable for sin? And this, I, I got this, and I want to just read it, because I think it's a good passage. It's okay. from um, Back to the Bible article from February 5th, 2019, and the title of that article is, Is My Child in Heaven? Yeah. Um, and I, I really liked it. So some people say that there's an age when children become accountable for their actions, but the Bible does not mention an age of accountability. Children are culpable for sin when they draw their first breath. But are they accountable at that moment as well? I don't think so. We must make a distinction between culpability, which is liability for their sin nature, and accountability, which is liability for their sinful actions. Isaiah said, for before the child shall know how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. That's Isaiah seven sixteen. 16. Yeah. So it is evident that little children do not have the ability to make moral decisions and to take responsibility for their sins. Still, they are sinners and need a savior. Perhaps the age of accountability should be called the age of moral awareness. Children come to a point when they are morally aware, that is, they understand What's what's right and what's wrong? But if they die before that age, are they morally responsible? Yeah. And, and this author says no. Yeah, they, I know, they, how could they be?
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. I listened or watched a, uh, a little snippet on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, it was by Todd Friel. I don't know if I'm sure some people have heard of him. Okay. Um, and he's talking about this, and he's saying age of accountability, which I agree, <clears throat> is not a biblical right. Uh, Certainly not a biblical phrase. Is it yeah. a biblical concept? I don't even know that it's a biblical concept because we don't see any age that the Bible tells us. At this age, you become accountable before God and for your sin. Um, and so he argued that it shouldn't be age of accountability that we're talking about. It should be level of accountability. Like mm-hmm. you get to a certain you know level of accountability. Right, because
1: mentally deficient people yeah, exactly. would be You, an know, example, you have somebody right. who's
0: you know, 20, 25 years old. And, I mean, you have a, a nephew right. who has Down syndrome. Right. He's right. how old?
1: He's um, 30, maybe 33 yeah. now. And, but, and, you but, know, you
0: might say he has a you know, mentality or whatever yeah. of, you know, a 10-year-old or something yeah. like that. Yeah, And so, obviously, age can't be our marker. Cause it's not biblical, right. and it's just not practical. Right. Um, but there is a level of accountability, and it can be different for every—you know, I know personally for my kids that their kids—we um, have eight kids— And there's some of my kids who at, you know, five years old understood sin, understood their, their guilt of their sin and, and God was dealing with them and they came to the Lord Mm -hmm. uh, because of their knowledge of sin and their knowledge that Jesus died to pay the penalty Mm -hmm. for their sin. And some of my kids are twins who are, you know, just turned nine years old, really didn't, I'm telling you, just didn't understand the concept of sin. I mean, just the the idea they, they got, don't do wrong stuff but li- really their guilt until this past year mm-hmm. and then God graciously brought them both to mm-hmm. himself you know, mm-hmm. through the conviction of their sin and of course me laying out the gospel for them <clears throat> but they really didn't have a knowledge of in 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 any kind of a, a, a i guess solid way until yeah. They were eight years old. Yeah. You know?
1: So yeah, and uh, you know, in in that, that Isaiah verse, I don't have it in front of me uh, right at this moment, but um, where where he says the the ability to choose good before the yeah. child could choose good and reject evil. And well, that's
0: the prophecy about Jesus, right? it is. In Isaiah chapter it is. seven.
1: Yeah. Um. I th- yeah. I think I think it was that. Yeah. If you find it. Uh, yeah isaiah seven sixteen. yeah so uh, before, before the, child, the child
0: know how to refuse the evil and choose the good uh, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings so yeah, yeah and, and can you Jesus.
1: sin if you um cannot understand how or even that you um it is possible to refuse evil or choose good yeah can can you be held accountable for sin And I would say no. And I think the Bible points out no. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Okay, so this is a very common story used in talking about um, this issue is the issue of um, David's son. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when we're talking about, you know, when I've talked to people about do infants, do unborn children go to heaven? This is the scripture that I'll go right to. right, Right. And it could be. You know, some some folks call it the law of first mentions. Like the first mention of something in the Bible kind of establishes, I guess, the foundation for that subject. Yeah, And I think this is the first mention of, I guess in this sense, an infant dying, right? An infant in... The children of Israel and the covenant that God had made with Israel. Yeah, my
1: biblical knowledge is not good enough to say, but I'll trust you that okay. it is. But it's okay. So it's Second Samuel twelve, fifteen to twenty-three, and uh-huh. and I'm not going to read through it unless you want to. No, we don't have to. Um, Most
0: people probably know this. But this story. but
1: kind of in summary, maybe maybe you want to summarize it. So how what, how's David responding? Was we'll kind of set up the story and how David responds. Yeah, well,
0: of course, you know, David, you know, had sinned with Bathsheba. And uh, and then in the course of things, God obviously exposed his sin. We right. all know about David's sin and how God exposed his sin. Yeah. And then Bathsheba, you know, I'm summarizing. Bathsheba ends up pregnant, you know, yeah. and and they find out that the child that she ultimately delivers has some sort of sickness. I don't right. think we even have, we don't understand what that is, right. but it looks like right. he's going to die. Yeah. And so David begins to fast and pray before the Lord. David knew that he sinned mm-hmm. and he repented, Psalm 51 is David's psalm of repentance before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, is mm-hmm. what he says. Um, and this apparently happens sometime after that, after right. David's sin was exposed right. and all that. So anyway, David's fasting and crying out to God. Mm-hmm. And then he sees, Again, I'm paraphrasing, so mm-hmm. don't, don't quote me on this exactly, but he sees the his servants over to the side. They're talking among themselves, and he perceives that, okay, so the child is already dead. You know, I'm fasting, I'm praying, I'm pouring myself out in supplication, hoping that God will have mercy. But apparently the, the child still died. <clears throat> and when the child died, he got up and he ate and he you know, anointed himself with oil. And the servants asked him, why were you weeping when you thought he was going to die? And now you're like, everything's okay when he actually is dead. Mm-hmm. And David says, listen, I, I know that God uh, has received him. Mm-hmm. I know that where he is. Mm-hmm. I cannot. I can't go to him right now. Or he says he right. won't come to me. Is what he says. Yeah. He won't come to me. But I will go to him. So yeah. what's implied there is he's gone on to be with the Lord, right? And I'll be with him one day.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he he says, I have that verse written down. Since he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to him. Yeah. But so, uh, you know, and there's really no other heaven. way
0: to explain that th- other right. than to say David's talking about the afterlife. Yeah. And and he's gonna, go, he's gonna to go to him eventually when he does. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um and there's a sense of hope. <clears throat> yeah. In in this this change in, in how he how he is acting. Yeah. Before the sun dies and after the sun dies. It changes from this grieving, weeping, cr- crying out to God, lamenting, fasting to he washes up, he stops fasting, he um, he stops, I, I'm sure he mourns to some degree, but there's a hopefulness that, that he is going to go to this son. Yeah, yeah. And here was what, um, I had heard of that before, but I had never really contrasted that with David's reaction and actions um, following the death of another son.
0: Yeah. Absalom. Absalom. Yeah.
1: And that and verse— And there's a
0: strange— uh, I think important contrast
1: it is so look at second Samuel nineteen, yeah. one to four and um and you know, just a little bit of background, so Absalom is clearly rebelling yeah. a- against clearly God and against his father command, absolutely your father, your yeah. he, he's, and um and he gets killed yeah. his, David's soldiers kill him and and they come and tell David, and David is just grief stricken yeah. So did you find that? Did yeah, the, verse 33, uh,
0: of Second Samuel 18. Okay. In verse 33, Then the king was deeply moved and went up into the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said this, "O my son Absalom, my son, my son, if only I had died in your place. O Absalom, my son, my son. And then the commander of his army basically rebukes him and says, Hey, these men fought for you against Absalom because, remember, Absalom was trying to kill you. And now you're weeping over him. And likely David lost men in this battle or could have lost men. These men put their life on the line and you're weeping over your, your enemy's son, your rebel's right, son. Right. Um, of course, you know, David, this is what astounds me about David. Even though he sinned in, in the way that he did, this man was after the heart of God. God yeah. even says, and this yeah. is after David's sin, right. where God says, this is a man after my own heart. He right. understood some things about God. I've, I've said in the past in preaching about David, David was a, a, a new covenant man in an old covenant world. Like he Mm -hmm. understood things about the new covenant Mm -hmm. that many Christians don't even understand and Mm -hmm. about God's dealings uh with humanity and grace and all of that. And yet this man, of course, is is broken over this son Absalom. And I think the point which you're you're trying to make and I'm gonna help you make, is that though he was broken over his son, who was an infant, who was sick, who was a child, he was encouraged, or not encouraged? I'll say he was. He was. He had hope. There was hope for that child. And he said, child. "He's
1: going to go to the sun." He talks about the afterlife. Yeah, with with um, a promise and a hope. But yeah. look at what he says. Yeah, it's
0: like this is a hopeless, just desperation before God. If just only brokenness. I had died
1: instead yeah. of you. Why yeah. would he say that if he thought? Absalom was in a better place yeah. he wouldn't have um but so he clearly appears to believe his son his infant son has passed on to be with God in yeah, a better place yeah. and he will go to him Absalom not so much Absalom appears to have been condemned through uh through what he has done so um okay so kind of since since we've I think we've we've kind of gotten through um the main points, yeah. I think, um and i th- I hope that we've we've made at least a beginning arguments yeah, for people to, so. to um to I believe so. that that babies are going to heaven, and um but um there are some of some people maybe listening to us who have had an abortion, yeah or miscarriage um and um but specifically for those who have had an abortion and as as uh they may be suffering some two responses. Some may be suffering guilt. And we just want to make sure we've said it before, but to know hope and healing awaits. But it doesn't await by concealing your sin. And I'm just gonna quote a, a verse um, from Proverbs twenty eight thirteen Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. And in I, Acts three nineteen, repent, then turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out; that yeah. times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So there is hope and healing in yeah. the confession of sin. Yeah, sins. and in one
0: sense, which is something I did want to mention, mm-hmm. and I know you wanted to mention too, is yeah. that you know this idea, you know, from the pro-choice you know, accusation side, if these babies are going to heaven, then what are you doing? Well, just simply, I believe, you know, I believe my wife is going to heaven. I'm not going to let someone kill her. Right, You know, I, I, just because someone's going to heaven doesn't mean it's okay to kill them, right? Well, you don't violate and, and, and the, and you the, the Sixth, sixth
1: Commandment, yeah, which is thou shalt and, not murder. and you <laughs> don't
0: violate God's command to protect the innocent, right? Correct. So we have this yeah. principle in the Scripture that we should protect those who are innocent, whether they're going to heaven or not. That's it's yeah. sort of a ridiculous notion, and it's just a, it's a real twisted accusation yeah. uh, anyway. Um, but also this, this idea that—because it, it can be perverted— and to say, you know, I've heard it from women going into abortion clinics. Well, this baby's going to heaven anyway.
1: Yeah. And it becomes and, and, a rationalization. And it becomes a rationalization. Yeah. And we, yeah.
0: we certainly don't want to fall prey to any kind of rationalization or give credence to any kind of rationalizations like that. Right. But we do have to be consistent with Scripture. Yeah. And, it, and can you imagine what a, a woman who, uh, who comes to the Lord, who's had an abortion— would be dealing with in her mind if she thought that it's possible that she sent her baby to hell by yeah. having an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That that would just, that, that couldn't be a comforting thing at all, right? Right. But it's also, and again, it's not emotion. It's I believe it's scripturally just completely debunked that God's yeah. not putting that child into hell. Yeah. God's, that child has gone to heaven. Yeah. um, And... Because he's merciful shall not the judge of all the earth yeah. do what is right. And
1: something that occurred to me as I was thinking about this about how to counsel um abortion minded women, believing as I do that their babies will go to heaven, is um, yeah, that baby will be in heaven. But maybe you won't. Yeah, You're about exactly. to go commit murder. Yeah. And and so um, you know, we are um and and actually there's a verse that really um Romans six one. May we sin so that grace should abound? God forbid! May it never be. Yeah. We don't sin so that God's grace can be poured out on those babies. Yeah, and and I th- that is a concept throughout Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. So God will forgive, but we do not presume on His forgiveness, and we don't sin presuming upon His mercy, yeah. grace, and forgiveness. Yeah. So. Um, yeah.
0: Well, you know, we've gone through a lot of Scripture. We have. And so no one can accuse us of not having, having done our due diligence and right. going through the Scripture. But what do you guys think? I mean, certainly I'd love to hear from those who have a different opinion. Um, Maybe we'll have you to, on a podcast. Yeah, I would love to have someone on a podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. who believes that, that unborn, aborted children go to hell, or at least potentially go to hell, and like to talk through that. I yeah, certainly don't understand that that, that right. idea, and I don't right. see it biblically. But I'd certainly like to talk to anybody who had that that persuasion or just maybe there's some things that we didn't consider mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I believe that any subject that we, you know, crack open our Bible and look into has theological and practical implications what are some of the theological and practical practical implications that, that we're missing maybe in this subject? Yeah. What are some of the ones that we touched on that you really appreciated? Mm-hmm. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly you can shoot me an email, dparks at cities for cities, the number four life.com Vicki V. Cossiorg at citiesforlife.com You can reach out to us. I'm on Facebook. She's on Facebook. Um, and, uh, you can reach us through our website. Again, we encourage you guys as we always do to go to our, our sidewalks for life, uh, website uh, www.sidewalks4life.com with some sidewalk counseling training information and we may put an article out there you talked about putting an yeah, article about yeah. this at least to encourage sidewalk counselors right. and, and, and you know so maybe we'll put an on article on our sidewalks about this for and,
1: life site and, and, and yeah that would maybe be good. if I
0: think of it we'll right. link this uh, this uh, um, podcast to uh, that that'd be good but uh, yeah. but we appreciate all those who listen and, uh, and we hope that you guys are blessed as you listen and we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later Give me an outlet for love Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you